Radio Show brought to you by People G2, a company dedicated to helping all businesses with their people-related decisions. They do that by giving clients access to the best human capital, due diligence and background checks available on prospective candidates, business partners, tenants, and more. To learn more, simply visit www.peopleg2.com. Today, we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. Again, my name is Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host for this next hour. Uh, before we get started, I do want to just uh, acknowledge today is Veterans Day for those of you that are tuning in live, and want to thank uh, all those veterans out there that have uh, done so much for us. So, uh, thank you. So, if you haven't tuned in uh, yet to the Talent Talk Radio Show, this is sort of how it works. We really try to focus in on the word talent, and the word talent has a couple different meanings in the business world, and. So we look at first really talented people and uncovering their successes and how you know what really makes them tick. And second, we talk about talent in relation to human resources and how HR leaders find the best candidates today. So hopefully you see how that works with those two meanings, and you'll kind of go down that road with us and look to explore as best we can uh, how that word uh, talent really kind of goes in between our lives, into our companies, and, and through our company culture. My guests typically include CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR executives, coaches, consultants, just sort of anyone that maybe has a pretty good opinion on, on, on these topics or someone who we really want to understand how, what, what does they do to be successful. So what generally happens is I'm at networking events or industry conferences. I might be speaking or hearing another great speaker, and I have the privilege of, of meeting these inspiring leaders all the time. So I created this forum to allow you to listen on our dialogue and hopefully learn some practical advice that will impact your own career in a positive way. Before I get to my guest today, I want to thank those of you tuning in live. Don't forget, you can submit your questions via Twitter. Uh, we just use the at PeopleG2 Twitter account, and you can use the hashtag Talent Talk. My producer, Mike, will feed me uh, the best questions, and we'll try to work them into the show. We also take uh, some of your suggestions uh, later on for other guests, and if you have any other suggestions for us, that's the best way to do it. You can also tune in to listen to this show via our podcast on iTunes, which is actually how most of you interact with us. Uh, even though this is a live show and many of you are listening live, um, we have just over 87,000 of you who are tuning in every week to uh, listen to the, to the latest uh, episode of our podcast, and we really appreciate your support and our ever-growing audience there. Uh, with all that said, we've got all the business out of the way. Let's go ahead and get started. My guests today include Julie Cook. She's the president of Easy on Hold. If you ever called my company and heard our great uh, intro there, you her company did that, and also several of the uh, radio commercials here that we play on a regular basis were also done by her company. And also Bob Richardson, president and CEO of, of Extend Credit. Bob will be joining me in the second half of our show, but let's go ahead and get to our first uh, first guest, Julie Cook. Julie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thank you so much. No problem. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, of course, your company, Easy on Hold. Well, I have been a, a marketing professional all my life. started out in radio and had hopes of being a radio uh, a TV news anchor, ended up in radio news, but also really loved um, how to persuade an audience to take action. So I switched over to public relations and served uh, uh, many companies and and worked my way through um, a pretty neat um, client list. Um, I wrote copy for Derek Jeter's foundation and um, helped companies 
figure out what their voice was and how we could best say it so that we could persuade their audience to you know, take action on, on whatever my client needed them to take action on. At the same time, my husband had founded a, a company that would help companies just like People G2 harness that on hold time to continue a conversation that get that you know can stop when you place people on hold. And so we help our clients use that time to educate their callers, inform them, uh, tell them about products and services that maybe they didn't know about to make the hold time. Uh, as great as possible with great music so uh, nobody likes to be placed on hold but my company helps helps you do it better and helps callers think that being on hold maybe isn't so bad sure and uh, you guys really do a great job like I said we use you for a lot of our our different areas and uh, being as uh, talented as your group is we thought it would be a great idea to have you on the show so we do appreciate you uh, being here today yeah, so, you guys are great. So maybe if we look at this from a, a you know leadership perspective, and you know as the president, I'm sure you know people within your organization really look to you for that leadership and guidance, and you know which then kind of influences their own leadership and so on. So, what are some of the things that you want others to learn from you as a leader? I think it begins the leader's job, and in my job here as the president for the last 17 years has been how how will we work with each other and then how will we perform our tasks and our processes and then how do we set goals for the company so as a leader i'm i'm always thinking about is the do i have the right people here and that relational piece for me is so important just as it's just you know my personality mixes i really want people to feel good about coming to work and I know that if they feel good about coming to work, if they feel like they know how to do their job, they have the resources to do their job, that they'll come back tomorrow because without them, I don't have a business. And I've got an incredible team of people here, um, but it always hasn't been incredible. So what I have learned um, you know, in the trenches of, I didn't go to HR school. I don't know of many uh, business owners who, you know, are studied upon how do you hire employees and do it right and, and manage them well. I, I think a lot of us, you know, learn in the trenches. And so I've learned some valuable lessons that people really, they have lives outside of my business, but we spend an awful lot of time here together. So I've got to make sure that they feel good about coming to work. You won't see me with a closed door uh, hardly ever. We've, there's about 15 of us, and uh, my door is always open. In fact, I love doing sales. I love, well, you're one of our clients. I love talking to our clients because then I've got an ear to the ground of, of what's happening and what we're doing well, where we could improve. So I'm actually on the sales floor, and I'll take calls and and deal questions and, and help clients. Um, our production manager needs a vacation, badly needed. So we're small enough and nimble enough that we can do each other's jobs. And I'm never too proud to, to want to sit in, and, and I learn that way too. You know, some other thoughts about, you know, my own leadership is I believe that we've got to give each other a break as co-workers, um, as managers to our employees. Nobody is perfect. And I, I've anticipated that employees are going to make mistakes. I anticipate that they will forget procedures. So, you know, we're all going to come into work with a bad day now and then. I'm going to have a bad day now and then. So if we come into the day with the philosophy that we're going we're gonna to see each other as humans with frailties, it sure makes 
getting today a whole lot easier because our stand, our, you know, we're not expecting everyone to be perfect. Sure. Um, and I believe too that they, you know, three sides of every story, and sometimes you got to sleep on it. So a lot of this is just for me the whole relational piece. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. I'm speaking with Joanna Stasiak-McBeth, Senior Vice President for Cash Management at Commercial Bank of California. Can you share with our audience Commercial Bank of California's approach to cash management? Absolutely. From simple online accounting reporting to a full cash management solution, we have exactly what your business needs. Our secure online access allows you to access your balance reporting, online electronic statements, stop payments, uh, process your outgoing international and domestic wires, process your ACH origination services. We also have online logbox services, target balance accounts, loan sweep, same-day clearing presentment, and every other solution that your business will need. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.cbcal.com or at our new headquarters at 19752 MacArthur Boulevard 
in Irvine. All right, so All right. we'll we'll go ahead and hop right back into it. So the the next thing I wanted to ask you was, it says you, you sounded like you needed to do a little bit of, of work, uh, may, maybe with. With, with managing, you know, how you handle your people and making sure they get breaks and making sure you're kind of accounting for those different things that may occur as, as time goes on. So maybe if we look at leadership development, are there certain things that you kind of think are key to making sure that, you know, people are thinking about those things, that they're, you know, th- thinking as leaders instead of just kind of waiting for you to do it? I think it's a, uh, it's a, an important thing to, to stress at, at any business. Um, if, Especially in the small business setting, if you're not delegating tasks, you're just heaping all that work on yourself. Or if you've got a manager that that you tend to heap things on, um, the team isn't learning how to operate like like a, like a system. And I love systems. I love when they work well. So what we do, believe it or not, I love meetings, but I love short meetings. Um, I think meetings when you know that uh, once a week you're going to be meet with your peers and go through your list of things that you're responsible for, the meeting then holds you accountable for those things. So we do a lot of short, we call them huddles. Um, Every morning the sales team has a huddle where the sales manager says, you know, what are you doing today? How are you going to get through your day today and how are you going to get through all your tasks? We then, you know, turn that over to the customer service side where, you know, we've got hardware that goes out the door. Um, sometimes, uh, just like during our interview today, there's there's something up with our our VoIP connection here. So there are there's equipment issues where we have to troubleshoot, and and with the, and the list can be long. Some days we have to get through those, and if we don't touch on those things, and if we don't ask how are you going to do that, do you have a plan? Then it becomes really messy. So it's it's important to talk through. It's important to train. It's important to revisit procedures, even when the, the employee says they've got it. It's important to go back through again and train and revisit, and uh, it's, a, it's a cycle that never ends. Sure. And what about, you know, if you, if, you, if you were kind of a fly on the wall or maybe looking at this from a bird's eye view, and I've said enough cliches for one question, I maybe... Uh, maybe someone could hit me, but, um, you know, if, if you were kind of in that position, how would you kind of describe your company culture then? It is a very fast-paced, creative culture in that everybody is important. And that sounds so cliche because I bet every <laughs> every manager, every business owner says that. But everybody here, the roles are so pivotal and they're so integral um, that I think if I were a fly on the wall, I would I, – I believe everyone here would know that they have a great sense of purpose. Um, and making sure that the clients are satisfied because it is on, you know, my heart that a client is satisfied because if they don't, they'll go away. So that that um, drive to get right on a problem but with a positive attitude and that we revisit it often and that we have a good system here where everyone can tell um, where the client is, what stage of the process they're in, that we can make sure that... Um, the sense of purpose is, is evident, and it's a part of the culture. It's not um, menacing or oppressive. It, it, it's very um, rewarding at the end of the day. Sure, sure. So uh, what would you say? Would you say that maybe the culture that you have really tried to develop and uh, are trying to feed every day is somehow goes hand-in-hand hand with the success of the company as well? 
I think so. We win a lot of clients from our competitors who aren't doing it right. Calls go unanswered from clients. Emails go unanswered. And without a, for example, you know, just to tell you where, where we're having some growing pains, we are growing to a point where now we have to hire more personnel to handle troubleshooting. As I mentioned earlier, we've got you know a lot of hardware that goes out the door. And I've got a, a customer service manager who that used to be her job to do troubleshooting for equipment as well as making sure that um, the, the scripts and the audio get done within three business days. Well, there comes a point where she has to cry uncle and, and say, I, I can't do this anymore. So by by keeping an eye on the needs of the of the people, of my people, and not burdening them to a, to a point where they feel taken advantage of, and where I have to then agree to dip into profits so that they feel like I can actually get my job done every day and without having to beg for help. And I think that's key. I think a lot of businesses uh, may be taking advantage of employees and hoping that they won't complain and wondering how long they can get a lot of work out of them before they break. And so where, where I believe Easy on Hold, that we've got a good handle on things, is we see where we're, we've grown to critical mass. It's now time to, to grow again. It's time to spend some money. But then you make money. Sure. So, you know, we, we think of these typical things to evaluate the success of a company, like are we making money? Do we have clients? Are our clients, you know, getting what they expect? But, you know, in some companies, they really evaluate success in a different way than maybe some of those traditional things we're talking about. How, how does Easy on Hold evaluate success when, when you look back at the day or the week or the month or the year? Um, we have surveys that go out um, to clients throughout the, throughout the year, and one of the things that we evaluate is, did the survey come back positive? Did we get high marks? The other thing that we look at is um, repeat buyers. We know that if um, People G2 has been a steady client, we've got to be doing something right or you wouldn't come back. So while we can look at the process and, of course, have to look at your bottom line, if, if happy surveys come back from clients and we get repeat buyers and we get referrals, then we're doing something right. But another thing, too, about success is do I have long-term employees? And I think that's uh, a pretty good indicator, too, that, that we're a good place to work. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, when anyone wants to come back and use you again, I guess that's a token of success. And when people want to come back and, and continue to work uh, for you, especially when it's not a year when, you know, people are just happy to have a job, we're starting to have a different marketplace for, for employees, and they have a lot more choices and opportunities now here in 2014 than they did maybe in 2009 or 2010. True. So true. if they're still coming back and wanting to work for you and... And and put up with put up with us as 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 bosses, I guess. Then um, right, right, yeah. There, there is there is some lesson there that uh, you know maybe things are going a little bit okay. Well, and I think too, just um, you know, along those lines, is, is you've got to pay people well too. Um, I shouldn't I shouldn't react to uh, to Congress, you know, increasing the minimum wage. I should be paying my people more than than minimum wage if I can do it. Um, I can make a great case for that because if you pay people well, they'll seek you out and you get, you know, the cream of the crop as far as uh, candidates to choose from. So what, 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 what really drives you as a, you know, as an entrepreneur, successful businesswoman, you know, what, what, what is it that's really driving you 
to do what you do and to continue to, to show up. I mean, a- outside of the obvious of, you know, you want to make money and, you, you know, you want to you know be able to pay the bills and things like that. But is there something kind of, you know, more specific or more, uh, I don't want to say flowery, but, you know, beyond the right. obvious that, that drives you to, to do that? Right. Um, well, I do want to eat. <laughs> um, but I, I think that I'm the, the type of person that if I don't try everything I can, um, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm a very ambitious person. It doesn't mean that I'm ambitious about being rich. It's not even that. It's what have I, could I do X? Could I do Y? I'm a bit impatient um, because I, I reach one point or one you know, one peak, and then I want to see if I can go to the next one. And I suppose that that's what drives most entrepreneurs is they ask a lot of what if, and uh, I, I do that. I'm a pretty intense person, I suppose, and I do get bored easily, so that, that drives me. And I really love to solve problems. People go into business because they see a problem in the marketplace and they want to fix it. And then they begin to look for more problems that they can fix and, and, and welcome now you've got an economy. I think you've just given a much better definition of what an entrepreneur is. I think if we ever open up a dictionary again, it'll just be bossy, impatient, and uh, <laughs> ask lots of questions. Because that's pretty yeah. much what an entrepreneur is, right? I mean, because it's you really can't survive true. as a regular employee if you're bossy, you're impatient, and you ask lots of questions. Just people just tell you to get away and stop bothering them. But when you're the boss, you can do that, and people, you know, it, it, it makes sense. That's right. Um, we are a, a peculiar type. Um, like Chris, you're the founder of People G2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So same thing. I mean, maybe you share this with me. You, you wake up in the morning, and, and most days are really amazing because you're on goal toward uh, an idea that you had. And it's being patient that the, not everybody sees your vision, and not everybody is going to have that owner mentality. So it is. it's quite a an interesting journey to try to get others to see your vision and mm-hmm. have them come along with you. Some days, some days it's like herding cats, but other days it's, it's really cool when they are there with me and, and they're happy. And I'm so glad they're part of my team. Yeah. And, and I would say that you kind of made me just reflect on something that I'm a pretty even killed person. I don't get, you know, too high or too low. And I, I tend to be more of a, a kind of a steady personality, at least on the surface to most people. And, but, you know, as an entrepreneur running a business, things tend to be fairly manic depressive. Um, <laughs> you know, one day you're on cloud nine, the next day the world yeah. is going to end. And um, that always has been an interesting thing for me to have to deal with being an even killed person. Um, because you, de- you need to remember to celebrate those successes and to be really happy when things are going well. Uh, because it's the only thing that makes up for the, you know, when you wake up the next day and you go, oh, no. You know, it's, it's today's already started off and it has been a bad day. And I, we've got to make these numbers or close this account or fix this problem or deal with this person or whatever it may be. Right. Right. And you just made a great point about celebrating. I've got a, I just uh, absolutely adore this, this one gal on my team. She is um, very much into let's sit in the moment and enjoy this moment of the success that we just had, whether it was hitting a sales goal or, got a new product that we're rolling out overhead music called brandy music we're excited by that and she reminds me because i want to go on to the next thing as fast as i can and and she reminds me to just sit it you know sit in the moment enjoy it um reflect what did we learn and 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 then move forward so and and, and again this is why people like you and me need, need um 
our employees because I learned from them. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for them in my life because of all the interesting personalities that I get to work with every day. And I want them to know how valued they really are to me. It's not, it's not, it's not all about they come in, do a job, get a paycheck, go home. Um, that is part of it. I mean, I get it. They want to make money. But, but together we're, we're building something and they can look back with a lot of pride and say they were part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, before we go, I want to make sure we ask one of our favorite questions, which is, uh, is there a particular book you might be reading right now that you might share with our audience? You know, it's I'm I'm not reading a book, but I will tell you I'm watching two TV shows. So I'm going to That's the first. That. Okay. <laughs> Maybe slightly differently. Here are the two shows that I would recommend entrepreneurs and managers watch. Number one, The Prophet with Marcus Limonis. Um, that is on CNBC on Tuesday nights. This guy goes in and he takes struggling businesses and he he gives owners a very very honest um, feedback on their on their their um, spreadsheets, their their P and Ls, their their money side, and then he looks at how they're managing their businesses and treating their employees, and do they have the right people there? So I've learned a lot from him on that. And then the second show is actually Restaurant Impossible with Chef Robert Irvine. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that guy. Again, he goes in and he he gives very strong management advice. You've got to have the right people. You've got to have the right product. And you've got to have the right process. So two TV shows I'd recommend. Well, that's great. And that certainly is a first uh, for someone to have given a show uh, recommendation over a book recommendation. But we'll take it. That's why we ask this question. We get so many great uh, uh, responses from our guests. So uh, how can people uh, reach out to you if they're interested in learning more about Easy on Hold? We're at easyonhold.com, our website, um, or 888-798-HOLD, 888-798-HOLD. Well, Julie, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, and uh, hopefully we can have you come back at some point. Maybe we'll get a, we'll get a, uh, maybe a little slightly better uh, phone connection, or if you're ever going to be in Southern California, you can come into the, the uh, studio and uh, do a live interview with us as well. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, Bob Richardson is coming up after this quick commercial break. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. 
Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. Just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast of this show and listen to past shows and some of my other great guests we've had in the past. Uh, You can go to either octalkradio.net and click on the Shows tab and click on Talent Talk, or you can go directly to our website, talenttalkradio.com, and there's a full listing there. And the time we've uh, been doing this show now, just a few months out past a year now, we're... uh, as we mentioned before, over 87,000 uh, regular subscribers who are dealing with the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, my next guest is Bob Richardson. He's the president and CEO of Extend Credit. Don't forget you can tweet your questions live for Bob right now by sending them to at peopleg2 and use that hashtag talent talk. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well. So tell, uh, tell us, everyone, a little bit about yourself and, of course, uh, what your company does over at Extend Credit. Sure. Um, we are uh, Extend Credit is actually a sister company of the of H three Financial Services, uh, Extend Credit, and um, Billwise. And really, what we do is we provide a financial solutions platform, primarily to dentists and vets. Um, we have all kinds of industries that use us, but we provide a uh, third party financing solution, a in house financing solution, and a membership solution. Um, and as far as me, I'm a, kind of a serial entrepreneur, um, short stint um, COO at a public company, and then um, for the last group of years, last five years, have been um, back at uh, creating small businesses. And Bob and I have known each other for a few years now. He's also in the organization ABL, Adaptive Business Leaders, which I've mentioned on this show many times before, and many of our, our guests, the past guests, have been uh, uh, members of as well. So. Um, but it, you know, as president and CEO uh, of Extend Credit, uh, what is your role in that area of talent management, and, and what do you do to kind of find the most effective people, you know, for a growing uh, a company, and you know, to ensure you're able to manage that talent around you effectively? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, we our talent um, we have a mixture of technical talent as well as operational talent, and operational talent uh, retention is crucial for us because. We, we are the solution is complex to learn to support, and so we we take this part very seriously because uh, if we have any significant turnover, it creates huge waves in our efficiencies. So we spend a lot of time around this, and and I would say my my uh, first goal is kind of chief motivator, um, helping people um, understand if you know if they're having an issue with the company, you know, kind of how happy they are things like that. So I really focus on a lot of that in, in our interviews. I'm kind of the uh, culture interview person. I let the staff do the other parts. So what we do to kind of keep everyone um, managing the talent and working together are weekly staff meetings. Um, and we have a very open and honest communication session where people kind of leave the title at the door and it um, lets people just kind of speak what's on their mind. So um, that seems to keep people pretty happy. So you kind of identified two different, you know, major groups here from a technical group, maybe dealing with the issues of your software, the platform, or, um, you know, how it works. And then you have your operational people, which I'm imagining are kind of dealing with the nuts and bolts and the how the clients are, um, you know, working or, or getting implemented. So d- does that kind of give you a particular challenge then from a leadership development standpoint because you have maybe two different kind of different groups and how what they may need or, or what really you know what leadership might look like in those two different divisions 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of if people haven't been in the business of um, supporting infrastructures, a lot of people don't realize it's a zero defect environment. Um, if you think about, you know, when's the last time you called your network guy and thanked him for keeping the network up? Pretty yeah. much never. Yeah, just expected, so, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, for a lot of these people, uh, when someone calls, they're angry because they're going, how is it possible that I can have a problem with the system? And you're going, well, it, it's software, just like a network things happen. So that group is used to being on the other end of, you know, not irate, but, you know, tense customers that are trying to make sure they understand what's going on. Um, the other side where we're creating products and doing vision, you know, that's more of a... Um, you know, creative talent, and it is a little different managing both. Uh, we we still use um, you know kind of the titleless conversation where people feel comfortable just speaking their mind in both cases. But the things we do to kind of help motivate each group is slightly different. Um, the operational guys are much more about efficiency, and they want to understand, hey, you're focusing on efficiency and automation, and you're making sure I don't have things I don't have to do that I don't need to do. Um, and the creative guys are wanting to know, hey, I've got, I, 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 I'm free from shackles and can kind of go do stuff, you know, to, to get stuff done. So, yeah, it's definitely two different cultures that we have to manage. But we do, it all meets in the middle with, with you know, kind of the open door policy and people being able to comfortably speak their mind. So you, you have these kind of uh, titleless meetings or, you know, and there's an openness there. You're trying to foster the a sense of communication and uh uh, you know, well, I guess openness would be the best word so that, you know, people feel safe uh, in communicating. Are there any other tools that you're using to kind of manage that talent and, you know, even leadership type uh, skills within the company? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, part of it starts with how we do our planning. And since we have really three different companies and people, some people span companies and some people don't, we really start off with uh, annually we do strategic planning where we, um, and we can kind of talk about that in a little bit, but basically we do a strategic strategic planning session that in turn gets pushed down to departmental objectives, um, and then each department gets together and have their planning session where they kind of come up with, you know, how are we going to make sure we meet the objectives, and then that ultimately drives to uh, comp plans and things like that. So as part of that, there's reviews where you say, okay, hey, here's your departmental plan. How's it going? What's in the way? And, again, that's kind of where the operational guys have one set of things they're focused on because that's their department, and the other guys have different ones. And so part of it is, you know, I, I said weekly staff meetings, but um, the staff meetings are departmental as well as, well as cross-functional. And that's really where we help people, you know, make sure the ideas are getting out and that people are being heard and, you know, change is being made. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, 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 certainly, your what you're doing and how you're doing it is not something that I hear about every day uh, from a you know company type. Uh, I don't know anyone who's doing what you guys are doing. So, maybe maybe outside of the offering, are there things about your organization that you think are different or unique? Yeah, um, you know, we're very entrepreneurial. Um, my, my business partner, you know, he was a public company CFO, public company CEO, and so. Um, his background was kind of larger companies and, and compliance, and I've always been uh, very much the entrepreneur. And together we kind of meet in the middle. And so what we find is people like the entrepreneurial spirit that, um, you know, uh, hey, you're, you've got access to owners, there's no bad idea, things like that. And so, you know, we really look for people that are comfortable with 
um, really kind of going out on an edge and, and, and giving their opinion. Some some folks that we interview, we just look and say they're going to get eaten up in our environment because everyone just speaks their mind, and it, some people struggle with that much openness. But that's really, I think, what makes us different and, and keeps us at we're, we're virtually at zero percent loss rate over the last five years, and we haven't lost anybody. Um, and as a matter of fact, we're gaining. So, yeah, I think the entrepreneurial um, spirit, open communications, and um, access to you know the owner founders. Um, is that how you would then kind of characterize your culture as well? I mean, you talked about that kind of being your, your number one focus when, when doing the interviews. That sound like you let your staff deal with are they qualified? Are they you know, do they meet the qualification standards and all that stuff? But when by the time they get to you, you're really looking at do they fit in here? So, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, and and one of the things. So I, I am kind of the the culture guy, and they and they know what I'm looking for. And one is, hey, you know, we're not IBM, right? When you when you look behind you, and say, hey, great, who do I get to hand this task off to? You know, it's you, right? So you have many hats, and you've got to be able to kind of prioritize and juggle. So what I'm looking for is, hey, how? And I'll do many tests in the interview where you say, okay, hey, how well is the person just juggling the tasks at hand that we're asking them to do, or is it organized? Is it you know, do they seem stressed out? Because for us, that's just the nature of being the small company that we are. Um, so part of it's that. And then um, part of it's risk-taking. You know, so a, a certain category of, of talent doesn't like to take risks because they're worried about failure. Um, <clears throat> we, you know, it sounds funny, but we embrace failure because you learn more lessons from it. Um, where I draw the line is just don't fail the same way twice. Then that's a different issue. That That's a learning issue. So... Um, part of what we're looking for is, hey, we know we're, we're we're charting new territory. We need people that are willing to kind of go out on a limb, and you know, you can't. It's not that you're not responsible in a way, but you're you you have a safety net that you know that you're not going to get fired if you fail at it. So, encouraging you know risk taking is actually you know a big part of what I try to do. Is that how the it started off when you and your partner started the company, or has that kind of morphed yeah. over time? You know, it's it's interesting. In my in my first, you know, I, I started uh, building software companies in the early '90s, and um, you know, at that point I was what 24, so I don't think I really thought much about it because as 24, you're just kind of doing right. Right. Um, as I've gotten older, a little more introspective. I, I've always been that way. Um, I've always felt that's how you grow, and so um, you know, my business partner is very much the same. Um, and what we found is kind of a happy medium of, hey, you can't just have everyone running wild directions. Um, you have to have productivity, um, but you also want to encourage that. And so, yeah, it's I would say it's always been in my nature. Um, and what we've really migrated to is making sure we get results out of the process um, that are consistent with what we've got to get done. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's, you know, kind of in my DNA, I would say. Yeah, and you've you've talked about some examples where you've been in some pretty key areas to to have a leadership role to you know have impact and influence on the company, whether it was one that you worked for or one that is now yours. So, are, are there is there maybe a person or some people in your past that really had a substantial uh, impact on your leadership development as you were kind of going from you know a student to to in the workplace to later on a, a you know a business owner. Yeah, you know, it, it, it sounds it might sound kind of funny, but I, I went through um, uh, four years of ROTC at, at USC, and it was a at the time I didn't really appreciate having to take an extra five classes on theory of motivation and leadership in the philosophy school. 
Um, I, I was a computer science major, so I thought this is just <laughs> for work. Um, but 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 in hindsight, it was probably one of the better things for me to go through. Um, and an entrepreneur in the military is uh, really scary. I, I did thousands of push-ups because right. they would say something, and I'd ask why, and you know, a couple hundred push-ups later, I'd still be asking why. And so what I found was, hey, in a, in a you know, the military provides some great uh, ways to manage in some ways, but they also focus a lot on compliance, which in some cases stifles creativity. So it's kind of a positive negative saying, hey, I don't like the way that worked. I know what it did to me, and I don't want that happening to my talent. Um, but I also know what they did moves mass amounts of people towards a common goal successfully. Um, so it, it really, in hindsight, it really was kind of the basis of a computer science guy kind of being able to manage talent. Yeah, I mean, there's so many examples in the military where you can look at, like you said, some really good things. There's a sense of purpose. People know what their roles are. They know what their job is. They know why they're doing what they're doing. And I think those are things that we try to you know, transplant into a entrepreneurial setting all the time. On the flip side, like yeah, being an entrepreneur will probably get you like you said, a lot of push-ups or maybe a court-martial. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, asking too many questions or trying to say, but I can do it better. I, I can reinvent this. You know, and they're saying, no, we just know how to do it. We've been doing it a long time. And you're and good, good about it or otherwise, that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, unless you can keep your mouth shut long enough to become, uh, you know, very high up in the food chain there to start making those changes. Definitely, and I and I, I I'm sure I, uh, I I owe apologies to a few captains that I made turn purple with my, you know, you know, 22 year old behavior. Right. Um, and if they're listening, I apologize. I just you know I was young and you know unfiltered, but um, no. But it, it it honestly, when I look back at it, it really was a great great learning experience, and and it's really helped me a lot with group dynamics. You know, as we get bigger. Um, the last company that, that my business partner and I ran was the public company, and we had about 100 employees. And, um, you know, and at that, you start having different sorts of issues. And so a lot of the group dynamics really start to come in. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great place to start. Yeah. So uh, one question we've been starting kind of to ask some of our guests, because we see a lot of very divided opinions on incentives in companies and, and how those are in place. Do you offer any sort of kind of those reward or incentive-based programs, uh, or do you maybe kind of see motivation in a different, different light? Maybe you can kind of uh, fill us in on that. Yeah, so I think, you know, for us, um, what we found frustrates people most is when they have incentives that they feel they don't have direct impact on, or they have incentives and they're not really sure why they're being incented to do that because they don't understand the big picture. So. Our process, which is fairly atypical for a small company, but part of it's because we came from a larger company, so we start with a strategic planning session at the C-level and the direct reports. The, the basic strategy for the next year is then taken to the departments. The departments give all their feedback, and we, you know, this is not possible, this is possible, whatever. That comes back to the strategic committee, and we say, oh, okay, hey, there's some stuff we didn't know, and then we start to finalize, okay, then this is the strategy for next year. That, in turn, goes back to the department. Then they start coming up with the departmental plans. Then that comes up with the individual plans. And then that comes up with, uh, if someone is on a compensation plan, then they know exactly what they're doing and how that maps to the strategic direction of the company. And then, and not everyone's on uh, incentive comp plan. Generally, our managers are. Um, and it's usually, you know, uh, MBOs. Um, but, you know, when you get into, we have a call center operation, and... Um, 
you know, we tie things to resolution versus traditional measures of call centers, which are ticket addressing. Mm -hmm. So our issue is, did we solve the problem at the root, or is it going to come back up? And so it's tricky to measure that. But that's that's kind of how we do it. So certain positions are, certain positions aren't. Um, we found we do better when everyone understands why they're being incented to do what they're doing. Um, and they, you actually get better feedback when you're, uh, people argue and say, hey, I don't think that MBO that you're giving me actually measures what you've asked me to do towards a strategic plan, sure. and, um, which helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it sounds like you know, you've had a good uh, – been exposed to some great leadership and, and programs that maybe you didn't necessarily understand the significance of why you're going through them, but in hindsight now kind of understand how important they were. But I wonder if there's also an element of continuing that education and that introspectiveness. So one of our favorite questions to ask our guests is, what are you reading right now? And if you can tell us a little bit about that book. You know, it's it's funny. Right now, um, I a lot of what I'm doing is more through uh, things like ABL and whatnot, um, we're, we're our companies just because of the nature we are. We we have PCI compliance, uh, HIPAA compliance, uh, truth and lending compliance, fairness and credit reporting compliance, and that. So unfortunately, a lot of my reading is spent learning about compliance, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't help me a lot with the leadership. Um, but I do like to. I mean, shows like this, groups like ABL, really getting to talk to more leaders, and so that's really where I spend more of my time is. You know, trying to get a couple lunches um, a month and right. just kind of picking the brains. Well, if you need any suggestions, I'd say the two most popular books that have been suggested over the last six to eight months by our guests have been Turn the Ship Around, which is a great book about culture, and Give and Take, which I have found is just a fascinating book about behaviors and dealing with people who are... Uh, whether you're a giver, you're a taker, or a matcher, and, and a little, or a little bit of everything, that one, those two books have been uh, pretty huge uh, for most of our guests. So if you're looking for a read, that I would t- uh, give you a suggestion back uh, to maybe check out one of those books. You might really enjoy it. It's been, uh, like I said, a favorite. Uh, probably the two most popular answers since we started the show. Uh, no, thanks for the tip. That's, yeah, that's always good to do this. So how can people get a hold of you, especially if they're a dentist or a doctor, or they're looking to? Uh, uh, to learn more about Extend Credit? Um, our, our websites, are uh, we have uh, a group of them. We have uh, H3 Financial Services, which is the uh, care credit alternative. Um, we've got veterinary credit plans if you're a vet. We have uh, dental credit plans if you're a dentist. And extendcredit.com is kind of the, the mother site for us, which really talks about the platform. So those are all good places. And... Um, you know, I'm extension 805 at our 800 number, so if uh, you want to do that, that'll find, hunt me down. Well, Bob, I really appreciate you being on our show uh, and uh, sharing more about your company, and I hopefully uh, we can have you come back at some point and uh, give us an update. Sure, that sounds great. Fantastic. So that's about all the time we have for today's show. Thanks again to my guests, Julie Cook and Bob Richardson. Uh, don't forget to, uh, if you're listening to this, especially on the podcast, maybe hop on the peopleg2.com slash blog link, and you can look at our summary and get my thoughts and recaps on on uh, what I thought the uh, main topics were or the best sort of points and takeaways uh, both of our guests today uh, were. And for any of the shows that uh, you've listened to, you can do that same thing. We always have a recap there and my take on uh, kind of their best uh, best bits of advice and uh, tidbits to, to maybe remember. Next week we welcome, uh, uh, let's see, if I'm saying this correctly, uh, 
Jeredy uh, McC- McKelland, founder and CEO of uh, Things.biz, and Leslie Jossel, principal uh, of Order Out of Chaos. That's a heck of a title. Tune in uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on OC Talk Radio. Until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.